You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Christina Cardoza, news editor of SD Times. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Joining me today is Jason Cottrell, CEO of MyPlanet, to talk about AI-powered interactions. Hey, Jason, thanks for joining us today. Christina, it's great to be here. Glad to join. A recent report found that almost all customer interaction will be powered by artificial intelligence by 2025. So can you start off by talking a little bit about what this means? What types of interactions are we talking about? Absolutely. So so when we start to look at a lot of the interactions that are going to happen with a company, with a brand, things that we didn't think of it as digital before, that's where they're going. So our voice conversations can now be transcribed, can be scripted, can be acted upon. Uh, chat conversations can increasingly have a bot or a bot and a human agent or a human agent with automation coming out of it. So when we think of all these conversations going on in and around a business, e- even in a physical context, uh, it opens up this whole new opportunity for orchestrating new interactions and for for delivering new types of automation. I, I think it's very exciting. Great. Now, I know... Um you guys at the company have also done uh, some digging into these interactions and how customers and users feel about them, specifically looking at chatbots and voice-based technologies. Um, you know, I know you did a recent survey earlier this year. So what can you tell me about your findings? Absolutely. So our Robots Among Us data is meant to be a long-term study around how society's comfort with these types of automation coming into our daily lives, how that's shifting over time. Um, And the inspiration for it, actually, if anybody remembers Google Duplex, it was Google Assistant and would call a hair salon and and book an appointment on your behalf. And I'm looking at this and thinking, this is is terrific. Uh, I love the example. And most people that I would talk to said, that's creepy. It sounds too human. So it it, it kind of sparked this this, uh, searching on our side to, to study you know, not just uh, what the technology, what these technologies can do. I think that actually gets a lot of attention. The flip side of it is what are we ready for and how do we start to present this um, in a way that society is actually comfortable? Where can we spot pockets of society that might be most ready to try something? So that's what our Robots Among Us study is meant to do. And we've got good information on a variety of chatbot use cases, but also starting to compare that with smart speakers, uh, with voice assistants on our iPhone, smart glasses, and a variety of other types of automation and augmentation. Yeah, that's a great point. I know when um, artificial intelligence, the word started popping up, you know, people in society often related it or associated with like movies like the Terminator or something, you know, AI coming to attack us. So based on your findings, how how are people feeling about artificial intelligence and these AI powered interactions today? So so we are seeing most definitely increasing comfort with chatbots in particular. so when we look at the voice form factor, our voice assistants on our iPhone, smart speaker, those, those are actually improving in terms of comfort and in use day to day. Outside of the majors, though, outside of what Google and Amazon and, and, uh, uh, and, and Apple are doing, uh, you know, we're, we're not quite sure what to make of it. <laughs> uh, I will say that. When it comes to chatbots, though, there's a, there's a lot more near-term potential. 
Uh, so we've seen both movement over the last year in our comfort with these technologies. And, and we've also been digging into some subset data there because there, there's some form, forms that we're particularly comfortable with today. Others, we're, we're still a little unsure. Uh, so for example, you know, we're, we're much more likely to be comfortable with a customer service interaction augmented by a chatbot, even actually a, a chatbot fashion stylist, um, but a, a chatbot therapist, for example, uh, you know, on first glance, uh, it, it starts to touch on themes that are maybe a little too human, uh, uh, a little too close to home. And, and uh, you know, the initial reaction is maybe a little more hesitant. What about voice-based technologies? What are you finding, um, you know, users and customers are feeling about dealing with the voice assistant on the phone, for example? So, so for voice assistant on phone, uh, you know, it's obviously an area that we're most exposed to. And we do find that, that two things make a big difference here. Um, one is trial. Have I actually tried it? Uh, and, and yes, even the level, you know, the quality of the interaction does matter there, but even just exposure, seeing it in the media, seeing it in advertisement, seeing friends use it, seeing it at school, uh, seeing it on social media, all of that actually makes a difference. And often just three to five points of exposure starts to increase our comfort uh, in these types of things. Um, uh, it's interesting. Vo voice assistants, as we think of them today on our phone and speaker, are one of the exceptions where as an all around um, agent, we actually perceive them pretty favorably. In general, we, we, we tend to find that companies that are trying to make these big, massive, overarching agents that have these complicated identities, um, in general, it creeps us out. Uh, so, so, you know, the, the notion of Siri as something that's executed and we're comfortable with it, they've really broken through a key barrier there. Google Assistant, the same. One of the interesting things that we see with voice assistants as well, um, when it's on a phone, the comfort level actually stays reasonably similar across age bands. So it's not uncommon for us to see, you know, more comfort in a younger age demographic and then less comfort uh, as individuals uh, uh, age. In particular on this one, it actually stays a little more stable across age demographics than, than, than what we would typically expect. So I, I think that also just speaks to smartphones are adopted across demographics. If I compare that with smart speakers, we actually start to see a more noticeable decline uh, and a, a more noticeable increase in discomfort uh, based on those age bands. So, you know, you think of, uh, of smartphones as a form factor that we're very comfortable with. Smart speakers present a slightly different use case. It's something we're not all as comfortable with. It, it's not as direct an adjacency. Uh, and so we, we do see then that, that um, you know, it's, it's in younger demographics. And in particular, we see spikes in the 18 to 24 and 35 to 44, where there's the highest comfort. So what would you say is driving you know, the movement to have AI-powered interactions over human interactions? You know, I, I actually think that uh, uh, there is a middle zone I'll, I'll call out in there. Um, we often think of this as, as kind of AI or human. And at my planet, we believe that the next 20, 30, 40 years are going to actually be about augmentation, not replacement. So it's, it's AI plus human. And, and so we think that's a very interesting scenario. And to put that into to use, you know, you think about a chat you might have online with a human operator. And we often think of the use case now, I'm going to talk to a, a bot. And if the bot can't do it, then I talk to a human and there's no in between. But what we see are scenarios where these are actually start to be stitched together and we get used to 
when we talk to the bot, when we talk to the human, the bot can help while the human can't quite get back to us fast enough where the human might add on and supplement what the bot just said. So, so we see a much um, uh, more integrated scenario there, which I, I think is very exciting. Uh, more towards, say, a Tesla autopilot, right? It's, it's, it's the human driver and the technology working in concert training and working from w- with each other. Um, but, but we certainly do see that there are trends, of course, uh, you know, it, as more categories um, uh, of service and interaction and commerce move online, move into digital forms, obviously there, there is, uh, you know, a pressure there that, that starts to uh, um, encourage more adoption of AI to make that possible. We, we definitely do see in our data um, that it's there, there, there's sometimes cost benefits, but a lot of it actually is more actively driven by how can I enable a new service that wasn't possible for, a new convenience that wasn't possible for, uh, before, sorry. Um, and then the other scenario is, is we see a lot of potential as it starts to enable new form factors. So thinking about connected home control, for example. Yes, I can do that in an app, but one of the sweet spot uh, use cases for smart speakers has been giving us a new, better way to do smart home control. Start to extrapolate that out to wearables, for example. So when we get that first pair of smart glasses, or as um, uh, augmented reality, uh, you know, really starts to, you know, those devices start to come to a price point where they become a little more mainstream. You know, the the use of AI starts to actually then enable these new form factors, new use cases, and that's where we really see a lot of potential in these. Now, has there been any recent advancements in artificial intelligence that has made these systems better? You know, I remember when they first started to implement chatbots and voice-based assistants years ago, it would be, you would say, you would start to say a number and they wouldn't be understanding you. They'd ask you to repeat it, or you would just be going to the chatbot, like you said, trying to find human interaction. So, you know, what has happened over the last couple of years that makes this more desirable or makes it more mainstream? So it's interesting. Um, you know, we, we found that for a period there, you know, there's certainly been continued improvements in some of the language models, some of the recommendation models as well. You know, it, it understands what we're saying, but then also what do we do with it and what systems are, is it integrated with in order to be able to act upon that? Um, but we, we last year when we were looking at why some of these chatbot use cases really broke through, we found a lot of it was that we changed how we were presenting them. So, so we saw a period there as brands were trying to make sense of all of this, that, that they were following an Apple or Google's lead where they were creating very complicated personas, all reaching, overreaching. And, and what we found is actually where the brands, where these brands have now pivoted to and had success um, is narrowing them in in North America, at least to be much more utilitarian, uh, uh, to be much more kind of point solution, clear things we can identify with and tasks we can carry out. So we've also changed how we're presenting them. The technology's advanced, but we're presenting it differently, a way that's a little more palatable to society's current preference. Um, and that's actually we're finding making a difference uh, when groups start to shift there. The last thing that we've seen made a big difference over the last year, we, we saw a trend where almost the, 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 the comfort with some of the underlying technology and application of voice and chatbots reached a maturity point where we started to think across channels. So there was a long time where a lot of the focus was just say in a chat, everything happens in the chat uh, and, you know, value and ROI has to be delivered right there. And we're seeing the smartest brands now start to shift where they're saying, okay, how do I 
feed in information I know about you to help the chat go better? How do I use the chat to learn about you and then tailor the rest of your customer journey or the products I recommend to you? And all of a sudden, they're seeing this explosion in the return on investment and in customer satisfaction with the interaction. So, so this, this idea of thinking beyond just these narrow channels, like the one-off voice interaction or the one-off chat interaction and the overall customer journey, I think that's producing some very exciting developments as well. Great. And going off on that, you know, how can the providers or developers of these technologies make them better for the end users, make them more, um, make it worthwhile for end users to interact with them? And how can they make users feel more comfortable using them? Absolutely. So I think one of the key things to begin is, uh, you know, if, if a group is starting to go down a path where, uh, you know, we're, we're developing this, this very complicated and identity and, and persona. Um, I, I think honestly, our general recommendation is, is, is stop, um, you know, it's back up, think about this as, as more utilitarian, be clear about the role that it's going to play for the user. Don't try to, to present it as AI or, AI or technology, simply present it as a utility. Um, that's what we find has by far the strongest consumer comfort. Um, uh, try to look at use cases that, that are, we like robotics in North America to be more at our service. So again, when we get into scenarios like um, uh, therapy or scenarios where it involves more assessment, say, of our bodies and, and not, say, accessories, we start to get to scenarios where we're less comfortable with the technology. So we don't want them to seem too personal. We don't want them to be touching on our emotions. Uh, so I think, first off, it, it, it's just how we frame it. These, these are tasks. They're utilitarian go for that. Um, I think that the second element then is think about it in the, in the, in the overall experience and journey. And a lot of these systems, to be honest today, are not built to easily connect with each other. A lot of the, the vendors that are coming out with solutions for chat and voice today really think within the, the bounds of their narrow solution. So I, I think there's a, a role for product managers or for those developing architectures for brands. Think about this as part of a collective think about multiple chat systems, how they'll orchestrate together, how they feed data to your CRM, your CDP, other systems. Um, all of that makes a big difference, we believe, in the long-term success of these initiatives. Well, let me ask you this. You know, where where do you think this space is going? Where do you think chatbots are going to succeed? And where is voice-based assistance going to be more useful? We do see that... Um, for personal assistance and for connected home control in the near term, those are sweet spots for voice use cases. What we're finding instead is that actually for a lot of our other interactions, we, we believe that chat services and chat plus human agent are going to be where we see a lot of the progress in the next five to 10 years. It's a, it's a simpler use case to execute on. And more importantly, it's actually a use case that most brands have established today when they've established chat windows, when they're on Messenger. And it's a form factor that we're used to in the demographics support that, that you know, when we look at kind of 18 through 35, those groups would far rather interact in that method. In fact, we'll go out of their way or change brands as opposed to picking up a phone or going into a store. <laughs> Uh, so, so it, I think we, we think that in the next five to 10 years really hits a sweet spot for, for most other use cases. Um, I, I do think that that starts to shift though, as we get, uh, further along and when we start to see more progress around 
wearable devices, augmented reality more in our day-to-day lives, the concepts around smart glasses. I think that's where voice really starts to come into, into its own. And so, so, you know, on a long-term view, uh, you know, we're very excited then that, you know, we think we'll see more development, another step of, of development in those types of technology. Okay, great, Jason. Uh, I believe that's going to be all the time we have on the podcast today. But before we uh, end things, are there any final thoughts you wanted to leave our listeners with or any key findings from the research you wanted to add? I think one of the key things that our survey data is calling out so far, not just in chatbot and voice, but across the board, um, you know, it's not thinking about, hey, do I like that or not? It's what's going to be required over time for society to become comfortable with this. Because uh, the things that we think are creepy today, often 10 years from now, are mainstream. And I, I think sometimes we, we have to just go that one extra step as technologists, as futurists, as innovators to, to think through, okay, what really will need to come together for that to happen? Uh, so the optimist in me says, you know, the more that, that we're actually doing that, the more that we're going to get technology to market faster and make it more relevant in people's lives. I, I think that's better for all of us. Okay, well, great. Thank you again so much for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, you guys have been listening to What the Devs.